0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a Radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Around the Locker Room, Episode Two. Or I don't know if you like this, Elliot. All right, let's hear Someone it. suggested Inside the Nest.
1: Nah.
0: So, uh, yeah. All right, all right. We'll keep them coming. Echo Birds Pod, at Elliot Shore Parks, at John Barchard, and uh, I think everyone was completely relieved, and that was uh, a big part of the the post game podcast of uh, Go Birds, Episode Number Sixteen, where. It's really great to see Carson Wentz out there. Yeah, there was some rust going there, Elliot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as always, you get the, the all-22 view first and then you go and watch the broadcast. Anything stick out to you just from overall? I mean, Wentz's performance or the wide receivers, obviously, they, they weren't uh, involved a ton, which we kind of yeah. felt was going to happen. A lot of 12 personnel. What would you see after rewatching this one?
1: So I really hate to use cliches, but... One of the main things that stuck out to me when I rewatched this game was it didn't so much seem seem like it live, but on the re rewatch this morning, they really played like a lot tougher than the Colts did on offense. I mean, the way I mean they run the they ran the ball and they didn't do it with an array of flashy moves. They didn't do it with like spin moves or trick plays or anything. They just ran harder than the Colts. I mean, Wendell Smallwood and I understand why fans feel some type of way about him. I mean, he certainly you can make the argument has been a disappointment as a fifth-round pick. Um, but yesterday, man, like, I saw two or three plays where he got hit at the line of scrimmage and carried that pile five or six yards, including that game-winning drive. And then, obviously, the game-winning touchdown. But I was just really impressed with how the running backs kind of stepped up when, when you needed them to with Ajayi and Sproles out. Uh, so that was one thing that stood out. The other thing, and I want to take a, a deep dive into this as well, is just Carson Wentz. I mean – The guy is completely healthy. I think that you know we've all kind of – we all see that now. I tried to tell people during training camp when he didn't play in week one, people were like, oh, I guess he wasn't as healthy as you were saying. But, no, he's always looked like this. He's always looked this confident. He's always looked this mobile. As a passer, I thought there were a few moments where you could see the rust. Um, One thing that I know really kills you about Foles and something Wentz is normally good at is Foles – takes a while to get the ball out with his reads and he's late on a lot of things Wentz was late a few times yesterday and I thought it really did hurt the offense but you know what that'll come that's timing you know by two three weeks in I don't think that'll be an issue anymore so overall I was very encouraged both watching Wentz live and then also on the rewatch I actually thought he looked better uh, than than I did watching him live
0: well that's going to be a fun kind of all 22 to break down as well which I'm sure the coaching tape is uh, going to come out here shortly and kind of go through that. And you're right about Wendell Smallwood, and that's one of the things that you're just going like, wow, uh, for two years in a row now, because mm-hmm. the uh, <laughs> last year I'm sitting here saying, Corey Clement's just a guy, you know, and then all of a sudden he picks up steam through uh, a training camp in the same. Wendell Smallwood, everybody's waiting for him to get cut. Josh Adams gets gets the call up here, and you're going like, all right, there's there's a ton of running backs here. They end up keeping all of them again, and Wendell Smallwood, as did kind of look last year in training camp was the best running yep. back that was going, and now you're starting to see a little bit more of that, and you hit it on the on the head there. I mean, that's we, we've been saying for the last couple of weeks, yeah, if there's an opening, Wendell Smallwood will run through it, but he's not a guy that's going to push forward and do all that. And, man, did he change a lot of people's minds yesterday, which Doug addressed it today and saying, you know, it's still day-to-day for Jay Jay, it's still day-to-day for Darren Sproles, I'm a little skeptical of the day-to-day thing. Yeah. Um, when it, when it's that, I think it's going to be another week of this. So do they need them back is, uh, is the next question I think everybody's jumping to here. Can you be okay with Wendell, Smallwood, Corey Clement, and Josh Adams for a majority of the season now? It's
1: an interesting question because, I mean, the good news is this isn't free agency or the draft. You don't have to pick or choose, right? Like, obviously, you would prefer to have... A, a full array of your weapons and the Eagles have all these players on the roster. So I'm not going to sit here and say they don't need a or Sproles to come back, but look, the, the trio average, I think it was like point 4, 4, 4. four yards per carry carried the ball 32 times. Um, and they, they played really well. So, you know, going into Tennessee, uh, I think, I think you can definitely survive with this group for another week or two. Um, I think a Jai is the guy you want back more than Sproles Sproles. Although, Sproles as a punt returner was missed yesterday because Corey Clement's experiment as a punt returner did not go over well at all. And certainly there were some some weather conditions there, I would imagine, played a part of it. But uh, that that's a need for the Eagles. They're going to have to figure out what to do for that next week. But
0: Well, let me let me ask you real quick on that, uh, ESP, because uh, I know that Doug had spoke about trying to – there was a ton of packages, apparently, for Shelton Gibson to be in there. They just didn't get to him or whatever. Yeah. He had one snap on it. Like, why wouldn't he be a good alternative – as a punt returner. And I know that he didn't have a ton of it uh, or or did he? I can't even remember now if they stuck him back there during, during a punt return, certainly on kickoffs. And I know that's a completely different thing. And special teams coaches would get mad at me for saying anything, but if it, it was obvious to me that Corey had, a little bit still lingering of that quad injury that was happening there why didn't you think they 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 put shelton gibson or anybody else behind there well
1: i will say this year with the new rules the kick return and punt return isn't as different as it used to be i mean it's still different don't get me wrong but that's one of the reasons they you know thought about potentially putting sproles back there on kickoffs now they didn't you know end up doing that as much because of his injury but uh look i mean i think they just wanted to go with clement because they trust him and again you know, I, to, real quick to what you were saying about Corey Clement with him being just a guy. Like, I don't know if that's wrong, but it's weird with normally that's like an insult when you talk about a guy saying, oh, well, he he's just a guy. He's not elite at anything. And I think that's fair with Corey. But the thing about Corey is, like, he just really knows how to play the running back position. He knows how to wait for his blocks to develop. He knows angles to take. He knows, you know, just simply he goes, you know, north-south most of the time. And he's really productive. So, I think that calling him just a guy is accurate, but with him it's almost kind of a compliment with the, with just like mentally he's very good at playing the running back position. Um, but obviously as a punt returner that's not working, and I'm, I'm kind of surprised they put him back there even just because he led the team in running back touches. I think he had like 19. Uh, he was involved in the passing game as well, even though Wendell had the long catch. Um, going forward, maybe Gibson is your solution, but again, like – I, you know, I don't think he's that good at it either. I think that would just be basically you're putting another guy back there and experimenting with him. So I think that is one way you need Sproles Brack is, is is as a punt returner.
0: Yeah, certainly, and that is uh, something that um, you know you, they're probably going to have as an X factor here because the wide receivers. And I know that, uh, what is it, Jordan Matthews got targeted the most in this one? Well, I think he, he did average, yesterday, John,
1: the most yards per <laughs> catch up, <laughs> among the receivers. So everyone that says Yikes. he's not a big play receiver, I mean, yesterday. You
0: know. <laughs> he got in there. He did it. So Man, that that's docu- the other question. He got both his, the
1: catches. Because in pregame, John Clark, uh, my boy John Clark from NBC Sports, tweets out a video of him dropping a uh, pass and. one warm-ups and everyone's like getting on me and I'm like oh man this is gonna be a long day but <laughs> caught, caught both both the passes that came his way he had another one that was on uh that huge fourth down but thankfully there was a uh, penalty so the Eagles got to replay that but uh man and that fourth down that is one thing too Doug said this morning on WIP like big credit to Doug on that because he when we were in the press box and they uh they call it a holding penalty on fourth down we were like okay well It's obviously going to be on the Eagles, because that's what you normally would see. But the fact you call a defensive holding penalty on the Colts on such a huge play, that's something Doug pointed out to the referees prior to the game. He said, look, this guy holds a lot on the defensive line. Just keep an eye out for it. And it saved the game, because honestly, if they don't, if, if they have to punt there on fourth down, I think there was like maybe five minutes remaining in the game. I'm not saying they don't come back and win, but obviously... It's a lot less likely when you have to give the Colts the ball back. Um, and I, don't, I don't know how many timeouts I had at that point, but uh, that was a huge play.
0: Yeah, it was a, it was a really, really big play. Um, and now I guess that's kind of why. And it almost seems like it's an easier answer, but that's why they need Alshon back versus probably the guys that we mentioned before, in Ajayi, uh or Darren Sproles, if you had to choose one or another. I mean, um, for as much as we love the 12 and 13 personnel that they ended up running, Dallas Goddard gets his first touchdown. I honestly think Wentz might have missed him when he was trying to throw to Ertz in the end zone, that it didn't end up uh, being converted there. Mm -hmm. But overall, I mean, this team absolutely needs Alshon Jeffrey right now, right? I mean, they can't really move. Let me ask you this. Let me
1: ask you this. So, did you think yesterday the lack of big plays, really in general, but I'll say especially at the receiver position, did you think that was the result of the personnel or the game plan? Because it seemed like their game plan was simply to just target the tight ends, you know, uh, target the running backs and not really even send the receivers deep. I mean, I can't think there was one deep shot to Aguilar where i actually thought that Wentz had him, but he, uh, I don't think he put enough like loft on it kind of went more on a rope and got tipped. But like, so do you think that the black of big plays was just the receivers? Or, I mean, if you think it's game plan, like does Alshon coming back, I guess it changes the game plan, but I'm not sure how much how much actually changes things in terms of big
0: plays. I think it's both, honestly. I mean, you're, just like we have been, we've been saying, like you want to get Wentz comfortable. Zach Ertz, Dallas Scott are two big bodies that you can just rely on. Get the ball out of your hands quickly. They're not taking their time, you know, winding up and going downfield. And I'm sure that's part of it too. In the first quarter, and you're not exactly sure how this is going to go. You okay. want your QB to maybe even take a hit or just see where it's at. Uh, after that and uh, you're trying to protect them as much as possible but at the same time I'm sure it would have been in the game plan if you have Alshon Jeffrey there instead of Aiken or Jordan Matthews on the outside to at least you know try and create something or take a, a, an extra shot or two going down there but I don't know if it really would have changed anything overall but um, maybe you're right in the sense of like hey this is this is how we're going to run things anyway we're going to eliminate the amount of time that the Colts have to to drive back down i mean the yeah. two the two drives that won them the game were what, the last one it was 11, 11 minutes the first mm-hmm. one was eight minutes mm-hmm. so you're going good lord take time off the clock make uh, carson feel comfortable and maybe you're right maybe that's just a part of the game plan but I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of personnel usage and that's what created the game plan for them this week yeah i mean
1: they held the ball over twice as much as the colts did it was like 40 minutes and something seconds to 19 minutes so that is one thing that you know i I was team chip, but that's one thing Doug absolutely was right at. Chip Chip was wrong about, and Doug is excellent, is just in terms of managing the clock. This team, I mean, time and time again, and that's why they win these close games because they just don't, the other team just doesn't have the ball. They don't have a chance to score. So that, that was pretty impressive. But let me say one thing about Alshon. And I know that people are going to say, oh, well, Eli just hates Alshon. But let me just th- throw this out there that. Alshon, I don't think, like, when him coming back is not going to... It's going to have an impact on the offense for sure, but I don't think Alshon coming back is going to turn this unit back into, like, the 30-point-per-game unit that they were at times last year. I mean, when you look at Alshon's stats last year, and I know stats aren't everything, as you like to remind me, but... <laughs>
0: I mean, well, as our good friend Teron Davenport used to say, yeah. it's just like a bikini. It doesn't show everything. Well, speaking so. of Teron, we we should have him on the pod one day this week. Oh, no. He's coming. Okay. Yeah. We're, it's already locked in. Cool.
1: All right. Cool. So, but here's my thing is like there weren't many games where Alshon really – I mean, when you think back to last season outside of the playoffs, and again, all the props in the world in for the playoffs, but in the regular season, like what games would you say he really like dominated and like really changed the offense?
0: San Francisco. And it was a blowout, though. Denver, and well, th- there's a reason why it was a blowout, I mean, like, <laughs> it's a the- Those are all part of it. And right. I'm not saying like Alshon Jeffrey equals deep threats, and now you're throwing the ball at 20 plus yards mm-hmm. or anything. And if, if anything, he's a, a, a better addition to the 10 and 15 yard ranges where. Ertz and or Goddard aren't going to be, and single coverage and whatever, and then you're going to have to choose, or if you're doubling up, or if you're creating a zone where there's uh, a much tighter window for any one of those guys that's there too. And again, just in the red zone as a little safety net uh, along with those guys, that's more of a playmaker than he is a safety net or somewhere in between there. So that that to me is the, the bigger part of the offense, and they are. It's crazy, though, because... We were expecting. Wow, they upgraded speed, speed, speed. Shelton Gibson's now speed. You have uh, Mac Hollins, who's a hybrid of that. You've got Mike Wallace, who's speed, 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 and that's kind of lost now. That's still a concern, at least for me, that there isn't a lot of speed here, which would probably also continue to dictate the slower drives and the you know the time of possession stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that too, because um, I don't. I, I, during that broadcast rewatch, I, I'm curious if you have noticed anything, or not really noticed anything, but we pointed it out yesterday just in terms of how much Carson knows about what's going on at any given time, Mm -hmm. checking this off, changing protections, trying to throw the defense off. That to me was like, oh, he's back, and this is this is a beautiful thing to hear. You know, Arizona over here, you know, right. you know kill, 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 Sunday, Sunday, all that stuff. So, well, that was um, that's the thing
1: that James said on the radio show la- uh, last Saturday, right? Which is just, I mean, from the shoulders above Wentz is elite, and that's the thing about you know the ACL tear, which there was you know there's not a lot of ways you can say that a- that ACL tear was a blessing in disguise. Like that's not a spin you make, but. I mean the fact that he did, you know, he spent a lot of his summer in the film room because he was in Philly because he had to rehab, and he has only so much work, physical working out he can do, so he had to spend that time in the film room. And look, I mean, I think really, like the beginning of games are really when you see who game plans better and who coaches better because they're scripted plays, right? And in 2016, 2017, and 2018, on, on Wentz's first games, he's led his team to a touchdown on his first drive in each of those games. So the guy knows how to prepare. He knows what the defense is going to bring. I mean, he's good at predicting and out game playing the other team. So, yeah, I mean, look, I did think he seemed improved in that area, which is a lot to say because I, I thought he was already very good at it. But the other moment, and I'll ask you this too because we haven't had a chance to talk since the game ended, but for me the moment where I was like, okay, this guy is fully healthy, good to go. We Like, he is back. I think a lot of people would say it was that scramble, not for the first down, although that was impressive, but the one where he like kind of ran around in the backfield a little bit. And then I think the play ended up getting negated, but he threw it to uh, Ertz, um, You know, scrambled around there for a while. That one, to me, wasn't so much. To me, the big play where I was like, OK, he's healthy, was Darius Leonard got through uh, on a sack untouched. And he basically ends up kind of like sitting on Wentz's back. Like Wentz's legs are in the ground. Um, Darius Leonard's on top of him. Darius Leonard probably weighs—I don't have in front of me—you know, two eighty something like that. I mean, somewhere around right. There. Big, yeah. big dude, and the fact that Wentz like supported him, held him up for a few seconds, never actually went down, if I remember correctly, or at least went yep. down trying to throw it. Uh, that was to me. And blew the whistle early that one. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That to me was like okay. This guy, his lower body strength is still there. His leg is completely healthy. You can support that type of thing. And that's really what has made Wentz such a good quarterback prospect. What was his size and his strength, right? I mean, you know, look at Sam Bradford and his chicken legs he has. Like, that's why he always keeps getting hurt. And when you look at Wentz, like, he doesn't have that issue. It's why Malcolm uh, last year on the sideline for an NFL film piece Said he kind of looked like Ben Roethlisberger out there. It's not so much, yeah. It's not so much because of his game style, although it's similar. It's more just because of his build. Like the dude is huge. So seeing that, I thought was extremely encouraging for going forward. How confident the Eagles can be that this guy is really
0: back. Yeah, the dive for me was actually the first sigh of relief of just going. You know, all that discussion on cautious play mm-hmm. and like you got to change up your style and be. You know, a little bit different. And he slid. Like, there were points where he slid when he knew. Ugly slide. Like, he's not going to get I It was a very ugly slide. <laughs> that actually concerned me the most because I was like, oh, God, did he just get, did he just get his cleat, like, caught in the turf well, when, there when, when he was trying it, to pop
1: up? When I watched it today, it almost looked like he slid while trying to avoid putting his injured leg in the ground because it was kind of like he went to put his... His right leg in the ground first, which is the leg he was bending with, and then his left leg, which is the injured one, was like high up. So it was weird. That was one moment where I thought maybe he's thinking about his ACL a little bit. But the fact that he did slide overall, I guess, was encouraging.
0: Very much so. And just the uh, – you know, what everybody has pretty much suggested at this point in even the leaps in week to week now is – is going to ramp up, and it's going to get pretty exciting around here. And Mm -hmm. um, it is – you mentioned Sam Bradford, and, geez, I couldn't imagine myself right now getting pulled. So is that what what happened?
1: I was was driving back from the stadium trying – you know, I don't drive and look on Twitter, but, you know, at red lights and such, I do check Twitter, and I couldn't completely tell. He was benched with two minutes to go?
0: With four minutes left, they decided, you know what, uh, we've seen enough because I think he had – I didn't see it either. I saw it at the last moment of of just the timeline wow. <laughs> lighting up, and I think he had a sack fumble, and that was it because he had only thrown a pick or two or whatever, and started the game out with two touchdowns and ninety five yards. Or so, you know, typical Bradford stuff, and then they threw Rosen in there mm-hmm. and just you know made mistakes with him too. I don't know what's going Ghost on with Ghost of Mike quarterbacks pass, man. Like yeah, it's, it's twenty it's, million. Not great. 20. So me sitting here and thinking, God, to be a Cardinals fan at this point in time and. All we have to worry about is this guy staying healthy once again, and he's just kind of fully, fully going to be back in in the groove of things, and mm-hmm. kind of kind of exciting moving forward here. So, so it was it was brought up yesterday, by the way, Elliot. You know, and people keep asking. I don't see Kyle Shanahan doing much of anything because. It's kind of uh, weird how I uh, I might have mistakenly said maybe I'd think about taking Jimmy Garoppolo just because of the uh-huh. you Wentz's know, injury and now he basically has the same thing except he has his IT band intact. I don't think uh, that Kyle Shanahan wants Foles. I don't think the Eagles are still in a rush to move Foles, but you know my comfortability has been uh, been known pretty well. But if if this type of thing happens somewhere else. Uh, are At this point, because we've seen Wentz now, is it okay to move him, or is Foles is just here for the long haul and let's let's rock and roll?
1: Well, I think obviously compensation plays a role, right? I mean, it depends whether it team's willing to give up. I, I think, well, two things. First, I think how well Nate Sudfeld played in the preseason, and he certainly had some not great moments, but he flashed a ton of potential. I think that would play a role. I think the Eagles are very comfortable putting him in if they need to. But here's the thing about San Francisco, because I, I wrote an article on 94WIP, and so I tweeted it out, and obviously everyone's like, oh, you're a fucking moron. Like, they would never do that. <laughs> but, like, kyle shanahan is considered one of the best offensive minds and one of the best game planners in the nfl and those people in general like are normally not the kind of guys to throw in the towel and also not the kind of guys to think they can't make an offense work so if you if you're the niners and you're sitting there this morning and the report i don't believe it's been confirmed that he's out for the season garoppolo but let's just assume that that's going to be the case you're sitting there and you're saying okay who can we trade for right like you cj Bethard is basically admitting your season is over you saw what he did first last of, year first
0: of all it's Beathard and Beathard. also okay. from. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right, all right, all right,
0: but um, he's terrible though. Yeah.
1: yeah, he's terrible. right I mean, we Eagles saw that last year. So you, so you're either going to make a move or bring somebody in. Maybe it's Kaepernick, which would be pretty amazing. But um, <laughs> I mean, it's nope. it's full yeah. Tyrod tie right? Like, wh- who else is out there that they would make a move for?
0: Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not sure. Or maybe they just kind of say, "All right, let's punt on this one and go get more talentous around so Jimmy G next now. year."
1: Like it's so I early; know. it's tough. To, and the thing about the Niners is they have a ton of cap space. So, like bringing in somebody just for giving the appearance to the rest of the locker room, the fan base that you're going to try, I think like it's they wouldn't have to maneuver a lot of stuff around. Like now, the question is, what are they willing to give up in draft capital? Like if they offer a fourth round pick for Foles. I would do it if I were the Eagles, but, like, I'm not sure the Eagles would just because. No. I mean, you know, it, you know he did, obviously has that Super Bowl success, and he would bring the same confidence to your locker room. Now, I do think the locker room is confident in Sudfeld, but it's just different because Foles has been out there and he's done it.
0: Yeah, exactly, and that's part of the system, too, and, like, you know, p- people are still, for some reason or another, not comfortable with Nate Sudfeld <laughs> as a backup quarterback. <laughs> right. And, that's fine that's the right and uh I don't know if a fourth would do it for me honestly I think that's not worth doing it at that point even Agreed. though um it's uh we we've kind of seen what he's done in the you know two regular season games and whatever it's early the thing that I think is interesting when we uh go through all the all the different stuff and sure the secondary came up again yesterday but even just going back and I tweeted this out was just kind of comparing where it is and granted it's not the best comparison in the world cuz you know people value different things i don't really care about passing yards but just for how an offensive moves so i I want you to react to this Elliot. in 2017 the eagles were two and one at this point they had 800 just over 800 yards five passing touchdowns 360 yards eight yards on the ground two rushing touchdowns you compare that to this here and what they've done uh, a smidge under and we know why 667 yards passing two passing touchdowns 356 yards on the ground Five rushing TDs, so it's still seven touchdowns, just sliced differently. Yep. Two hundred less yards passing, and then you look at the defense, which everybody goes, "Man, they're just not back to it. They're they're, <laughs> they're not playing like they were last year." They've they've allowed less points this year, from sixty eight to fifty five. Um, they're lower in rush totals. They're only averaging sixty one yards a game, as opposed to seventy five of where they were at this point last year. And then the only thing that is, oh no, it's a tick lower, eight hundred and one passing yards. Last season, by this mm-hmm. point, 759, the averages are lower. The turnovers are three less. But it's kind of crazy that the offense and the defense at this point in the season is either better in some categories or the same. Yeah. And that's a, a nice perspective to kind of keep in mind. It's early in the season. We've seen this before. Well, first, that was a shit ton of numbers very quickly. So Yeah, <laughs> sorry, buddy. <laughs> I, I, ask, I mean, it's basically the same as what right. I'm saying. Well, no, here, here's, yeah.
1: here, here are my takeaways on that, though. First, the defense, I think that might even just simply be a result of the fact they've played two games at home. Whereas last year, I believe they opened on the road the first two games of the season before they came home. And as we know, the Eagles, are, uh, yeah, no, they were, they, yeah, they were at Washington, at Kansas City. And, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. That's yeah, your, yeah, yeah. Uh, how, how dare I? I apologize. <laughs> um, I remember because I had to make that trip to Kansas City. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I think that could be a part of it. You saw the Eagles defense at home yesterday played. I would say considerably better. You know, obviously they did Tampa Bay. Now, Tampa Bay has more weapons. Um, you can argue the quarterback thing with how good Fitzpatrick's playing. But I thought they played they played uh, much, much better yesterday. With the offense, though, my main thing about, you know, the, the stat you just said in terms of offense basically being the same, but I think you said a tick under in uh, passing yards, is it really just stresses the fact that, like, how you win early on in the season doesn't matter right at like you just, right. You just at the end. yeah yeah you just have to stack up the wins right like towards the end of the season when we're when like we're talking about playoffs and okay they need to beat the Rams for this right then then you know th- those wins do matter a little more but now like all you got to do is make it. I remember the Eagles saying this last year when, when Wentz went down was, you know, they had the luxury of winning all those, not luxury because they earned it, but they had the, the kind of insurance of winning all those games early where they were able to potentially, you know, like lose to the Giants if that would have happened. And then you could still get that first round buy or whatever. So you look around the league and like. I, the Saints won yesterday, but they're kind of a mess right now. I mean, the Rams look really good, but like, there's uh, the the Packers lost to the Redskins yesterday, if I remember correctly. So, oh yeah, and not to mention the
0: Bills took care yeah, of. I, yeah, this exactly. is what I wanted to give it credit for. I gave you yeah. credit for it on the pod. You might have been right about the Vikings.
1: Frauds, frauds. I'm telling you. But like, <laughs> so you look around the league, and like, again, this is a perfect example of why I love the Eagles fan base so much. Is because we nitpick every little thing and it's perfect because I love talking about every little thing. But when you look on the big picture and you compare year to year, like they're based, the Eagles are basically in a lot of ways, the same team they were last year. Um, you know, they're, they're the same record and all that. I think they're, they're in great position after three weeks, especially when you look around the rest of the NFC, like there's certain things that I could look at. Um, I asked Chris long yesterday in the locker room, what he thought of the pass rush. And his answer was like, if you don't think, uh, the pass rush has been good you, you don't know what you're talking about now to be clear he wasn't yeah. saying that to me because obviously i always know what i'm talking about but, <laughs> but i think like you know the point is fair to one where i think you know maybe you could nitpick about the pass rush but i think they've they've been pretty good overall i mean fletcher cox is playing pretty well Derek barnett uh we talked about it on the pod but you know going into that game i thought he was you know getting close to being something you talk about where like all right where's barnett making plays he comes up and make it makes a huge one at the end of the game so i mean if you had the and I'll ask you this if you had to say like what's this the biggest area of concern not like not like okay once this person comes back like legitimate area of concern right now with this team I'm not sure you can really pick one out I mean they're running the ball well defense is playing good like what would be yours
0: well just like you said it would have to be incredibly nitpicky Right. right I mean even even getting into the conversations again this week with the secondary and I just don't uh, and not to say, because I don't fully know. I don't fully know how you play the position. I've never played it before, especially at a professional level, what they're doing. But there are some instances where you got to know the basics of what they're doing as corners. Yep. You know, like you even hear things like, well, if Sidney Jones would have turned around in the end zone, it would have been a, a an interception. Of like, mm-hmm. yeah, but that's not... The point of this is so the other guy doesn't touch the ball first, and you do that however you can. Yep. Uh, yes, it is important to turn your head around, but not in that situation. You're trying to make them not score a touchdown. There. the same with... Some of the stuff that you would say, oh, man, Ronald Darby got absolutely torched against Ryan Grant in that first touchdown. Yeah, but he was still in a great position. Yeah, that and was a great throw, great better. catch. Yeah, that, yeah I that's can't like he, Darby there. You just got to go, okay, and the same with some of the stuff that... Now, even with Jalen Mills and people are saying you got to cut out the penalties, don't disagree at all, 100%. I think if you're going to nitpick, I'd probably start there. You got to clean that up a little bit. You got to not... You got to make sure that they're not extending drives. But it is also incredibly hard to be like, hey, Jalen Mills, let no one get behind you. Okay, got it. And he did that (laughs) yesterday. And then also go, oh, but also when Andrew Luck underthrows a football, um, you got to just play the ball and not the wide receiver. And just like, listen. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's incredibly hard to stop and do all that different stuff. I actually think one of them, the first one that they threw the flag on, was pretty ticky tack. I mean, there's, there's, But it's going to get called every time. Like, that's just the league. You have to understand that, too. Uh, I don't think anybody did anything glaringly wrong yesterday. It's just sometimes you got to tip your cap. Sometimes it's really difficult. And sometimes you got to understand the position a little more. Same with Chris Long and the pass rush. I think they've been phenomenal. Uh, I did agree with you yesterday, though, that when they had their main four in towards the end, they did look a little gassed. But outside of that, um, it was a great game by the defense. So my main concern... Like legitimate
1: concern I would say is probably overall the special teams. Just because Jake Elliott, like and the miss yesterday, it's hard to kill him for. It's in the rain, it's windy, it's fifty-five yards. Like that's a very tough kick. But overall I think he's been I feel like shaky. I mean I mean, how do you feel every time he goes up to kick? I would say every time he goes up, I wouldn't say I have like a, a supreme amount of confidence it's going in. Like I think he's been fairly inconsistent.
0: Well, let's see what what is he at now. He's got he mixed missed one – oh, the field goal in Tampa. Yeah, right? didn't he miss an extra point? I th- feel like he missed an extra point, but we I could just be in my head, right? Um, but the fact it's even in your head, the, the fact it's yeah. even
1: in your head to me shows like there doesn't seem to be as much confidence with him this year. And I'm not signaling out Jake Elliott is the whole reason. I just think in general the special teams, like when Chip was here, that was one thing Chip did well. I mean, the special teams were not just the best in the league. They were like a threat every week. Like you had to be afraid of that unit, whether it was blocking kicks, returning kicks, punt returns, all that stuff. I think, you know with with Sproles out and honestly I don't even think Sproles is that big of a threat anymore as a punt returner like punt returner and kick returner to me is a big issue for this team because they're going to be in a lot of close games Cameron Johnson has punted well which which is good but if you're going to be in close games like special teams can be the difference and I'm not sure they have the same playmaking special teams unit that they've had in the past
0: uh this is where perception and reality clash a lot of the time he's actually perfect with extra points there you go it's just right. yeah just just 3 for 5 I did, but I had to double-check. I was like, wait, did he? Because it feels like he almost did So he's did three tip. for five on kicks, though? He's three for five. Oh, right, because one, one against
1: Tampa and one yesterday. Yeah, Yeah.
0: so I, I'm I'm not concerned about that as much, but I would agree. That's probably the thing that is holding that X-Factor part back. I'm not even sure, and I know he's done it before in the past. I'm not sure Wendell Smallwood's a great option. Um, I know granted injuries and things like that, but you got to right. – I mean, DeAndre Carter, Doug, can return <laughs> kicks. He your can boy, at least do that. He's got some speed too. So just, I think you just wait between... to see my boy winning and your boy on the practice. <laughs> That's probably right. <laughs> oh, we—you did have a good idea though. Like we should adopt a yeah, new the, person every exactly. time that they go away. So we'll have to. We'll, we'll come up with something fun there. But yeah, there's uh, th- that could cost them at some point. Um, but it, to me, and maybe this isn't a popular take. If you are, if it comes down to special teams every single time. You, you probably should have lost the game to begin with. That's sure. just my 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 kind of thing on it. I think Jake's going to be fine. But, uh, yeah, they, it would be nice to, like you were saying before, have Darren Sproles back to be that X-Factor at the punt return. So anything else happened in the locker room of note or just any observations from the, uh, the broadcast there, Elliot? Not much in the locker room, honestly. Like, it was... It was pretty
1: empty, which is weird for a post game locker room. Like normally, when we by the time we get in there, you basically see everybody. I mean, during the week at the Novacare, it's like you know maybe you see Corey Clement on a Thursday, but he's not in there on Friday type of thing. But you normally see pretty much everyone in the locker room yesterday. And for some reason, it felt empty. I don't know why that is. But can I give a few takes on on my boy on my boy J. Matt?
0: Oh, I mean, like I was I was I was hoping we we wouldn't have any, but here we go. We'll well, fire him up. Here's the thing I would say about him, like. Pretty discouraging sign that they have him on
1: the outside, right? I mean he yes. <laughs> he didn't play a ton in the slot, and he didn't really play as much as I expected in general. I think he was like thirty something snaps, maybe about forty percent around there. But if they're going to play him on the outside, that's not a good sign for when Alshon comes back because obviously he's not going to be taking any snaps from Alshon now. I mean, obviously he caught he caught both the catches his way, but he's just not an outside guy, so. I think maybe something, you know, this is not going to work out as much as all of my bravado the last week
0: <laughs> might have predicted. Yeah, I might have a feeling it's bye-bye time um, when Alshon comes back. That's my theory on it. You think cause... they'll
1: cut him, though? Because Alshon's already on the roster.
0: So to, I... me, to me,
1: it's the Matt Collins, Mike Wallace thing. That would be, that would be like the moment where they'll have to decide, right?
0: You, I, I would think so. And... Um... Maybe this will burn me too, but I think Shelton Gibson outsnaps him once Alshon does come back and kind of has that. Just like I was saying, they need speed somewhere. I mean, Alshon's a big body. You have speed with uh, with Aguilar and him on the on the side, even if it's just like the the pose of a threat for a little bit or just toss one down there. Um, yeah, you know. it's just tough for me to see Shelton going from, what would you say, he played one snap yesterday? One snap, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. tough
1: for me to see him going from one snap to all of a sudden playing 40. I mean, it could happen. No, I, was even,
0: I was even thinking 40. I was, I was right around like 25 or 30. Right, but I'm saying you know. uh,
1: Jordan Matthews played, oh, okay, 30, yeah. Because I was going to say Jordan Matthews played about 30 snaps, I think.
0: Yeah, I think that's, uh, and just depending on game plan again or whatever they want to run, if they want a bunch of big bodies out there, sure. But yeah. I think the end is nigh for uh, for Jordan Matthews at some point during the season. Or but here,
1: comeback season is just beginning. It's one or, it's <laughs> one or one. the other.
0: Either one. Here is something that I didn't think of until I got into a, a discussion. I think this is a, a good place to stop after this is, you know, we talk about Timmy Jernigan's return during the season after that four to six month thing. And, you know, I've been suggesting pretty much all off season. I don't think he's going to return at all, yep. but, uh, that's something that doesn't come up in the conversation when you're talking about Mac Collins and when you're talking about Absolutely. Mike Wallace and all of that, because again, they can only designate two to come back from there, as you've pointed out many times. So,
1: well, wait, let me ask you even, something.
0: And this yeah, might be a moment where everyone tweets
1: us and says how dumb we are. But <laughs> now I don't think Timmy Jernigan would count as one of your two you bring back because he's an okay. NFI, right? Because last year with Sydney, I don't know the he, rules. Let me see. Yeah. Because, because. Like, he was, he's not on IR. Timmy Jernigan's on, like, the NFI list, which is, you know, for those that don't know, and it sounds like we barely know, but for those that oh, don't no, know...
0: actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm pretty sure NFI and IR are, are designated for the same things because um, it's it's the same. It's the same when you cut a guy. It's the same when you put a guy back on an active roster. It's treated as such. Well, I'm I guess my sure. point
1: is, they would obviously have to cut a guy to put Jernigan back on the roster, but I think... I just wonder if they could bring back two guys off the IR and bring Jernigan back is my
0: question. Let me see here. Um, Non-football injury list. The NFI covers injury sustained for a player's uh, final college season or nothing to do with that. Uh, But if cleared from NFI or PUP list, players cannot go back on the list. The player will have to be cut or placed on the injured reserve list. Uh, the rules are when a player and if I can come back on the field are the same as those on a pup list. So it's the same rules. So, yeah, it, you, it, it looks like you wouldn't be able to bring back Timmy. Do correct us if we're wrong on that? If Yeah, if I'll, you I'll ask get the, the Eagles when, we, when we're done with yeah. this,
1: and I'll tweet it out. But I'll look forward to seeing what people tweeted us about their interpretation of the rules. But re- regardless, it's funny you brought that up because last week – I was tweeting and talking with different people, and you know, you talk about okay, out of the out of Richard Rodgers, uh, Mike Wallace, and Matt Collins, and is there a fourth? But out of those three, you know, who who would be the two you take back, and you right. don't even bring up Jared again, like he's kind of like a forgotten, forgotten man. about, right? Yeah, but I think Nada's has played better than I expected. He's played pretty certainly. well, certainly. Yeah, and so there's
0: a lot of people that are reacting the same way as that too, because after you know the training camp session he had. I I don't think it's necessary to bring him back mm-hmm. uh, at, at this point in time. So I, that's the way I would lean. And uh,
1: any I'm any concern really about uh,
0: McLeod? Well, major concern yeah. that you know Doug didn't uh, really mention or give an update. It usually means that they're going a little deeper into the MRI. I don't think it's anything ligament. If I'm just you know trying to predict some things. It it mainly looks like it's a sprain or something like that. But, man, I don't know if you – I wonder what your viewpoint was in there because as soon as uh, the contact was made, he grabbed his knee immediately, which you know started going like, oh, God, I think yeah, that might he, be it. Yeah, he looked
1: like – I mean, again, watching the broadcast, you get to see up close of his face. But even just seeing him live, he did look like in serious pain. And there's also like you can kind of tell how injured a guy is based off like how many of the teammates are standing around him right because if it's something minor normally they'll just kind of go about their way but i think like i think jalen was there malcolm was there like a lot of leaders of the secondary were kind of huddling around him and i did it didn't look good right when he walked off i was surprised i thought this was a cart situation now i did talk to rodney in the locker room afterwards and it's kind of rare for guys that suffer serious injuries to be in the locker room afterwards so that was a bit of an encouraging sign he wasn't walking with a limp he had a uh I get The best way I can describe it is just like a leg sleeve on. So, you know, n- no real heavy-duty type of stuff around his knee, no ice, no anything like that. Um, you know, got dressed. I spoke with him. He said he was fine. He didn't think it was anything serious. Now, the players sometimes are kind of the worst at assessing their own body because I remember Jordan Hicks telling me after Dallas he uh, two years ago he was going to be fine and he went on IR. I remember uh, Michael Kendricks telling me he would be at practice on Tuesday and he missed like four weeks with a hamstring <laughs> or something like that. So yeah. so you never know, right? But um i mean all we can do is get, take him at his word at this point but i i do agree doug saying they're still looking into it uh is not a good sign
0: more cory graham is uh, is what i hear out out of that and uh, maybe it's uh that hurts though man, because he was your does. third guy.
1: so i mean no matter That's how right. you slice it you need a third guy now maybe they would bring trey sullivan back up but they don't seem to be as, they don't seem to be as high as him on, on on him as they used to be
0: yeah it's amazing how many um things that we discussed in the off season about this team needs to get back to, to health. And then you've got more guys that are getting dinged up left and right. And, and just like I was saying with, uh, with all of this, and you were saying it too, the beginning of the season, it's just trying to find those wins wherever possible. And then just everybody knows when, when it's time to turn it back on again or like when guys are going to get healthy, yep. um, you don't want them injured, but in the long run, it might really benefit this team because if you're stacking up win totals during this period and then you have more healthy guys coming back, it's usually, usually a pretty good sign there. So, uh, Elliot, we appreciate it, buddy. Mm-hmm. If there is uh, anything that uh, comes across your desk, let us know. And uh, 94WIP.com slash GoBirds for all the necessary things that you need. Anything uh, before we close out here? Well, the last time we did this, just me and you, we yelled at each other a lot. So I was happy to uh,
1: just have a, you know, some, some nice, clean football talk. This yeah,
0: I, well, I had uh, actually got coffee in my system. This okay, time, there so we I go. All right. all natural, <laughs> natural. <laughs> For LHR Parks, I'm uh, John Barchard, uh, this has been Around the Locker Room, episode two, right here on radio.com and sports radio 94 WIP.